Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no-drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What did it? TikTok. TikTok kind of blew up everything. TikTok did it. A an app that I can't stand. <laughs> I never wanted to get on. I was super reluctant. And it changed absolutely everything. It's me. Welcome to Literally. Thanks for being with me. Uh, great one today. The young whippersnapper, Matt Reif, is here. The wonderful comedian who is blowing the F up. Um, super funny. Just the hottest thing going. And uh, I'm a little taken aback, I have to admit. Because the man has bone structure. Um, the likes of which... I have not seen since the last time I looked in the mirror at myself. And um, it's troubling. I'm not going to lie. Um, let's see what he has to say for himself. Matt, Matt, Matty. Robert. Dude, I, I have to say there's a chin battle to be had between you and I. This is deep. There's definitely a, a jawline competition. Oh man, if if I had all of the plastic surgery rumors to get the jaw that I have now, <laughs> your picture is what would have shown people. Uh, you really paved the way for my entire career. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I you know, I I think I think Michael Jackson stole my nose. Really? Like, actually directly do. off the face. Same I, complexion. I think he I actually think he he actually I think he did. Did you ever meet Michael Jackson? I did. That, Shut up. I, oh, m many times. And he did the And he was very obsessed with 
with my nose. No, but um, it's not that outlandish What's when you that? think about it. Taking we your were, nose? We were friends. He knew mm-hmm. me. And, you know, his nose changed and mm-hmm. it looked, ended up looking a lot like mine. How long after you met him initially did he get the new nose? Well, it was a, as you know, with Michael, it was a, it was a never ending process. Yeah. It's like a house that's never been fully remodeled. Just kind of go room by room. Constantly whittled down. Whittled down. Yeah. Yeah. Michael was, uh, but I have a great picture of me holding like a styrofoam cup of coffee backstage and Michael's in like the famous, like, like silver bad with the, like he's in that and he's like staring at my nose. No eye contact, straight to nostrils. He's just looking, he's looking nostrils. Infatuation. Yeah, infatuation. What an amazing person to meet. I, I'm so, I'm so mad. I, I, I didn't even, th- the entertainment industry was never even an idea by the time he had passed. It's so sad. However, yeah. you, I did want to make sure I, I brought this up because this is so cool. The person I'm most envious of you getting to meet and from what I understand, I had a, a great friendship with was Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Patrick Swayze fan. Now, I thought as a young comedian, I was waiting for Chris Farley and you, and I would not have expected Patrick Swayze. Well, uh, Farley was my first introduction to you actually when I was a kid. Tommy Boy was the first time right. I had ever seen you in a film. <laughs> right, And right. then from that point on, I'm, I'm obsessed with everything 70s, 80s. I mean, uh, good era. Uh, I'm, uh, Outsiders is top three favorite movies of all time. I, oh, I love that film. Thank but you. I didn't even see that until after Tommy Boy. Um, so then when I was watching uh, Swayze's documentary on Amazon, right. I believe. Yes. Which I've seen, I think, six times now. I'm obsessed with it. I'm so infatuated. I, I, the stories you were telling were just beautiful, man. He was something. He was a... Patrick Swayze was a true Renaissance man. I mean, he he could do anything. He was a, an amazing, accomplished dancer. He was, no, he was an accomplished archer. Archery? Archery. Archery. I did not know that. Cutting horses. Um, gym, gymnast. He's actually the reason I went skydiving. When really? I found out he did all of his own shoots uh, after the initial production for well, uh, They Point went Break. out on a weekend to shoot it because they couldn't insure him. Insane. I was terrified to do it, but I was like, you know what? Patrick Swayze did it. I have to do it. Well, before Tom Cruise was doing it, Swayze mm, was doing it. That's incredible. I mean, those two guys sort of cooking off against each other on the outsider set was pretty spectacular because they're both among the most competitive and ambitious people I've ever known. I would have loved to have been on that set. I mean, the the mass talent on that set is just unworldly. Now you have to do an entire Avengers film to get I that know. kind of talent on one set. I know. It's it, amazing. It was, it was super fun. And those guys... Uh, and Buddy, as we called him. Uh, yep, heard that. Buddy. After his dad, right? Yeah, Buddy. That's so um, cool. And I think I told the story in the documentary about, after we did Outsiders, we did a movie called Young Blood together. Mm. Where we played hockey, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a hockey movie. It's about young hockey players. And he kept trying to get, you know, I wrote this song last night. He, was, he never slept. Uh-huh. Never. He was up writing songs or working out. The man was like a vampire bat, never slept. And he had this song, She's Like the Wind. Yep. She kept trying to put us in. We're like, we're not putting this song in this hockey movie. And then a year and a half later, it's the number one hit in the world from Dirty Dancing. Who goes, <laughs> who just has such a thriving acting career? They just, on the side, I'll make a, a song for fun. And it goes number one. Well, he, there was nothing he couldn't do. Oh God, I'm so upset. I didn't get a chance to meet him. Nothing he couldn't do. He was a good dude. So wait a minute. So you're an Ohio guy. We're we're Ohio yeah. boys. What part of Ohio are you from? Dude, you should do the Joe Burrow story. I'm getting big Joe Burrow vibes off. That you. would be amazing. I'm a big fan. He's the best. I've never been to an NFL game. Maybe the Bengals what? will be my first one. Never been. 
No way. Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up like my family was pretty poor, so I never had a chance to go. I've been to, uh, I've been throwing out the first pitches at a lot of baseball games recently, Isn't but that the that's best? it. So much fun. Okay. Do you, you obviously, I could tell like me, you like to work out, you do your thing. Like you have to warm up beforehand. Right. Oh yeah, it's, it's, absolutely. Oh, I bring gloves. I'm throwing Same. in the uh, in the bullpen. Yeah, me, it's me the too. most fun. Me too. Who, have you thrown for Dodger Stadium? I have. I've thrown for. I've thrown in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Um, I've thrown in Dodger Stadium, and then I've thrown a bunch of minor league places over the years. Never Yankee Stadium, right? Never Yankee Stadium. Oh, it's the one I gotta do. I'm a big Yankees fan. Where have you thrown? Uh, I did Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I just did Seattle. Great. Before that, we did the Phillies, and I think we have. The Nationals coming up, the Cleveland Guardians, and the Milwaukee Brewers are all set up Sick. as well. I'm so excited. So when you're I love like, it. If you, when you're on tour, you're like, you just make that a part of your deal. You're like, hey, I'm in town. I want to do your thing. Well, most of the teams, they reach out to me first. Like They'll Great. see I'm performing somewhere nearby and they'll invite me out to a game, which is Great. so nice of them. I mean, I, I love going to sporting events. I just never really get the chance to go often. So when they reach out to you, I definitely want to make it my business to make sure I get there. Do you have a bit you do on the mound? Because I have a whole bit. Do you right? really? Yeah. 100%. No, I don't. I'm, I'm like, I'm for real trying to throw. Oh, I'm up oh, in the count right now. Oh, no, two, no, no. Two, two strikes, one ball. Me, me too. So here's here's my bit that I do. So I've warmed up for an hour. Oh my Right? God. So like, <laughs> like I've taken, I've gotten there early. I've warmed up. I mean, I've really, really, because you got to stretch that arm. You know, in my age, it's like, ah. So. What's that, what's that age? I'm going to be 60. No, you're not. I'll be 60 in March. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking with me? I'm sorry. Can I swear? Yeah, you can swear all you want. That was the time to have used the one. That I'm was allowed the one. one. You're 59 years old. Mm-hmm. Rob. Yeah. What? You not believe? My man does not believe me. I read your biography. There's How? Listen, do the math. I was, when I, I was 17 when I did Outsiders. That is incredible, man. You look fantastic, bro. <laughs> Thank you. That's My nice grandfather, he just passed away last year, was 68. Isn't that, isn't that insane? I don't understand. Wait, so where are you from in Ohio? Dayton. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I'm from 40 minutes from there. North Lewisburg, which I, yeah. hadn't, I, I hadn't heard of, but it's very small. It's, it's 1,600 people. Yeah, it's between uh, Marysville and Urbana. Those and Ur- were like, those were the towns we had to drive through if we wanted Urbana to go to the grocery was like store. Paris. What? I mean, it's like, like that's the big city for you. Oh, yeah. Well, with a lot more drugs, I think. That was like the rough part of town if you wanted to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Day- Dayton was, Ohio was a, I mean, I, I grew up there, you know, because I'm almost 60. Mm-hmm. I grew up there in the late 60s and into as late as, I moved in 1976. So it was, Ohio was such a, a different scene. It I can't was, imagine it was that different, to be honest. It's so boring there, not much changes. I just went back to my hometown for the first time in eight years a couple of weeks ago. How was that? Nothing changed. Really? No, they got a Dollar General. That was like, that had been added to the outskirts of the town. So that was kind of cool. That is still one stoplight. There's one restaurant in town. It's like the pizza shop. They have subs and like chicken wings and stuff like that. That's the only restaurant in town. What would you get, like as a teenager, what would you go and do for fun? We used to watch, we used to go walk to the Dairy Queen and have an ice cream and watch it close. Yeah, there's there's an ice cream shop, which funny enough, when we went through the town, I was telling everybody, there's only maybe 1,200 people in the entire town. We didn't see a single person out on the streets. Middle of the weekday, not a single person out about the only place anybody was, we saw any faces 
was the ice cream shop that it was like right next to all the baseball fields that growing up, you'd win your game, we'd run over there and go get ice cream. Now, was it, did you go during one of those insufferable Ohio summers where it's 90 no. degrees and 90% humidity? No, this was uh, three weeks ago. I was at uh, Dave Chappelle's summer camp that he was doing out Is in that, Yellow Springs. So I used to grow, I grew up hiking in Yellow Springs. It's the only nature we really have around that area. It's, it's beautiful over beautiful. there. Beautiful. He has changed that entire town, by the way. I hear, I'm dying to go back and look at oh, it. Oh, you gotta go. He, I think he's gonna do two more weekends of the summer camp. I definitely recommend going out Maybe, there. It's beautiful. That's such a good idea. You go there and like, you know, like the main strip of Yellow Springs. Yes. The, the one road stores are on. Yes. All of the windows have like signs in the, in the window saying like, thank you, Dave. Because he brings so much business to this town now. It's it's incredible. Wow. Yeah. I, I love that. It's such a great feel good mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Because Yellow Springs is, is an amazing, it was always a very, I, I just have such amazing memories of being a kid. It was a very hippie. Mm-hmm like just amazing pocket of uniqueness in the middle. It's quaint and respectful. Everyone leaves you alone. Like he just walks the streets there. The biggest stand-up comedian on the planet. Nobody bothers him at all. Just the nicest. So great. He's so fucking Do you go back often to Dayton? Do you have family there still? I do. My dad is still there and uh, he's still practicing law. He's 83. He's a lawyer? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's been a lawyer for 50 plus years. Do you know what department of law? He did everything. Because what's amazing about law, at least in my dad's era and in certainly in that part of the country is you did everything. He did divorce. He did personal injury. He did um, uh, corporate litigation. He did trials. He did, he did it all. And, you know, out in California, I remember when I moved out here, like I had one lawyer that would negotiate the contract, one lawyer if you ever had to go to court. Like it's so, mm-hmm. you know, um, siloed off. Did he ever help with any of that early on in your career? Yeah. Yeah. He was, Good. he was somebody who I definitely would run stuff by, but it was such a different world out here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was, he was, he's, he's a great guy. So I, so I'm, I'm booking a flight. I'm booking a flight to go back in about three weeks and I'm going to call the Chappelle people and see if they're around. Cause you have to, I've been trying, he and I've been trying to hook up and, but you know, he, you got to come to Dave. The world comes to Dave. Oh, absolutely. I, I canceled shows in Kansas City in one cornfield to go perform in another for his shows. I loved it. It was, it was the best. And he was like excited I was there, which is insane because I would have, I would have canceled my mom's funeral to go to this event. Like oh, I'm I, such a huge fan. And it's fan. literally, you're, it's, I've seen the pictures. It's carved out of a cornfield. It's like yeah. Field of Dreams. Yeah, you're literally, comedy. you're performing on like a um, gazebo big deck, basically. Yes, right. And you just play to a thousand people sitting in a cornfield and everyone's the best audience. Because everyone in that area is so grateful for something to do. Right. Especially something that Chappelle is putting on that level of entertainment. Everyone's so grateful. They, they laugh hard and outside shows aren't, always the best. The laughs go straight up. It's hard to tell if you're doing well sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, got a standing ovation on the first night there. It was just the coolest weekend of my life. And somebody like that, that I really look up to and has had, you know, the most amount of success you can possibly have in this business. It was just so nice of him to just unload 30 years of wisdom on me. It was, it was amazing. What was, can you share any of it? What was like the, did, what was your number one? Cause I, I, I have takeaway from people Cary Grant gave me some advice. Mm-hmm. Cary Grant said, never eat a hot dog when you're sitting on a dais because there'll be a picture in the paper with you with the hot dog in your mouth. And I was like, did you heed his warning? It's a good piece of it. I've never eaten, a, I've been on many daises and you know what? I've never eaten a hot dog. What prompted him to give you this? Were you I, contemplating it? I don't know. I don't, I wish I could remember because it, it, it might be as just out of the blue as I'm remembering 
Never eat a hot dog. Okay, at least mine had context. At least yours has context and makes some sense. We were, he was so wildly impressed with the world tour that uh, we announced a couple of months ago that sold out in less than 48 hours, uh, like 600,000 tickets easily. Um, he was just so enamored by that and he was giving me so much praise on that and congratulating me. But he also wanted to make sure I'm taking care of myself, which, you know, I'm gonna be completely honest. I definitely bit off more than I can chew with this tour. It's it's a lot of shows. It's we just had our first official leg of it this past weekend in the Northwest, and how, I'm so exhausted. How many, so how many you do? Usually two shows a night, five two, days a week. Two shows a night, five days a week. And what's yeah. the transportation situation? Uh, as of right now, flights and cars. We're getting a tour bus in October, so that'll at least give me like a sense of home now, base. Okay, well, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Are you are you like looking at different like configurations of the tour bus, like? How big is the bed? Maybe is there yeah. room for an exercise bike in it? Or do I want to that, that stuff? Enough for uh, for my friends and my team to sleep on there. I definitely wanted to make sure I get my own bedroom in the back and yep. my own bathroom in the back because yep. I mean, my team is majority guys. And I mean, if you have to share a space right. with five dudes, someone's going to clog it at some point. And right. I don't want it to be my issue. Right, right. So right. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to make some of the travel a lot easier because other than that, I mean, I'm flying back to LA for one day a week, each week out of the month. I'm a, I leave tomorrow for like three weeks straight just because I'm like, I, I can't. I, I got to at least stay on the on the East Coast where the shows are for a and little what, bit. And what are the venues? Theaters. Um, anywhere from, I'd say like 1,200 to 7,000. Anywhere. Do you have a sweet spot? Like, like, obviously, I'm not talking about playing massive, massive stages, but like, do you feel like there's a spot where comedy works the best for you? Or is it more like a room size or a vibe or... It's tough um, because there are different types of performance. Um, I like a comedy club that I can just be chill. My energy can be low. I can feel like it's an intimate setting where I can just talk and work out stuff. That's when the best material comes to mind. But because of how rambunctious some of my fans are sometimes, those moments get ruined because, because I am so accessible and it is so intimate. People want to yell out the entire times that, to be frank, can ruin shows sometimes. And I, I hate that for audience members who actually came to watch me do the show. Um, so- Yeah, as- how do you how do you handle it? Because it's, it's, I, I do a, 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 a one-man show and it's basically my version of, if I had the balls to say it was stand-up, I would. Uh-huh. I don't, so I don't. So it's, but, it's, it's, it. but it's me telling stories. And I just um, was playing at the Venetian in Vegas. Shut up. Yeah. How I, big is that? The, the, I was in their small room. So that's, it's probably a thousand- it's like a thousand people. That's amazing. We're doing the Cosmo in September. I'm so excited for my birthday. Vegas, let's go. So Ohio boys made it big. We went to Vegas. Let's go. But for the first time ever, I had people completely disrupting the show. Heckling, yeah. Like, yeah, but how did you handle it? How did you handle it? In a positive way. And you know, it's like, you know, it, sometimes, you know, it's like there's certain stories which are shaggy dog stories that can, whatever. But there's certain things that are timing things and like, it's like landing a plane. Yes. And it, it, that happened a number of times and it's like, it's over. There's no there, there once oh, the yeah. timing you issues. You got a bail on the joke or the gotta, story. Yeah, you got a bail. And and I didn't know what what to do because it, it's all, it's hard because they're yelling something super positive. Like, we love you. Hey, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's like, That's how do you be mad? To do. That's the worst kind of heckler is a positive heckler. Yeah. Because how do you tell somebody to stop having a good time? Stop being nice to people. Oh, you're the right. Worst. The positive hecklers are the worst. Oh, if somebody's negatively heckling, you suck. It's like, all right, well, cool. Now we can have Let's a combative go. moment and I can shut you down and embarrass you. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to get mad at somebody who's just having a good time. That's so tough. A, a thousand is a, is a good number. 
it's still a little intimate for those kind of interruptions. I th- I've found through theaters, a good size is like 2,500, where it's just big enough that people feel like it's a performance that they're not directly a part of in the sense that like mm. they're less apt to yell out and embarrass themselves in front of 2,500 people. They're further away. It seems like a bigger production. I, I think you just feel less accessible in, in a size that big. I wonder if it has something to do with lighting. Because it could. Because Ellen DeGeneres would talk about the how she very specifically lit her studio, like like experimented oh. with it. And if and she has a whole a philosophy of like, if it's too dark, that's not good. And if it's too light, that's not good either. And there's a whole thing about lighting, which I think most people aren't aware of and don't really experiment with. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when you're on the road because the lighting is the lighting. Well, we do a sound and light check pretty much every theater but show. But you, but you also can't really screw with the house lighting system. Not too much. So you're kind of, but it, when you can, mm-hmm. it's super interesting to toy with it. I'm going to look more into that because yeah, I've always figured, I, I definitely always want to see the first like three or four rows because if I do want to do some crowd work, I want to see who I'm talking to. Right. So yeah, I'm interested if, if people are too far in the dark, do they feel too comfortable? Or if they're too far in the light, they feel like the spotlight is on them and it's open open season for That's them to right. say whatever they want. That's right. This is the kind of stuff why I didn't jump to as big a venues as people wanted me to. Like the demand for this tour was insane. I mean, we without a doubt could have done stadiums which a lot of people still to this day, I get tweets every single day. Why don't you do bigger venues? Your venues are so small for your demand. And it's like, I, this time last year, I, I couldn't sell 70 tickets at one show at a comedy club. So, so was it the special that did it? What did it? TikTok. TikTok kind of blew up everything. TikTok did it. A, an app that I can't stand. I never wanted to get on. I was super reluctant. And it changed absolutely everything. But I never got to have that run of like just knowing what it felt like to sell out comedy clubs every single night. So we did a bit of that at the end of last year, a little bit of that at the beginning of this year. And we're still doing some throughout this year, Just to, but now it's to work on new material and stuff. Right. I didn't get to just enjoy and learn how to perform at a sold out comedy club. So now when my agents and fans want me to do these giant stadiums, I'm like, well, can I just enjoy and learn theaters first? Because right. it's a totally different performance. You're, you're, you're more than, more than anything just saying jokes to a room rather than making full eye contact with people and having that interactive, intimate moment. So that is also, that also kind of goes with, um, calling back to the advice that Chappelle gave, he said, um, he said, pigs get slaughtered. You yeah. don't need to do everything. Don't be greedy. He mm-hmm. was like, these comedy shows, they're going to make you a lot of money. That's why you're doing so many of them, obviously. But he goes, if you pace yourself and dedicate yourself to the craft and you respect the craft and really give everything to it, it's going to respect you back. And that's how you're going to have longevity in this career. And then you can do shows whenever you want, however many you want to do. You don't have to do all of them right now. Pace yourself. Don't think you have to do everything. That's great. Which is hard not to do when you haven't had anything to do for the past 12 years. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment? There's only one answer, California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, And I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. 
So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Okay, I got to just circle back to the TikTok thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, what do you think the secret to it was? Just the accessibility or, or was it the content or a con- or it's the accessibility and the content, I think. A lot of comedians do crowd work, which is predominantly what I do post on TikTok. Um, because you know, comedians don't want to burn their material. Right. If I post the same show, you're gonna pay to come see me do live. That's right. a little shitty on my end, isn't right. it? Right. So crowd work is like a very specific, uh, intimate, um, one-off moment that's probably not gonna be recreated at any other show. So I have no problem sharing that. And if you think that's funny, you can come see me at a live show. So that's not a super uncommon thing. Most comedians post crowd work on TikTok. So who's shooting it for you? Uh, team, at team. first it was me. I bought camp. This time last year, I bought cameras with money I didn't have. I had a friend teach me um, Premiere Pro on a computer, something I'm 
wildly illiterate to. Um, and I just started doing it on my own and a poor quality, but at least it was something. Now I have a, I have one other person, my videographer, who we have a editing process together and he shoots my shows on, he travels everywhere with me. So he shoots every show? Every show. Yeah. And sometimes we end up with a show, we just go, eh, scrap so, it, didn't get anything. So, so just technically, not to get too far in the weeds here, you've got somebody shooting you and somebody shooting them, or is, he, or is it one guy swiveling back and one forth? One guy. We have a uh, we have an A cam straightforward. We have a side cam for B cam, and then he roams for crowd so you have work. Multiple cams, always. multiple cameras, but it's just him running it. Yeah, his his name's he's Kyle Varney. It, he's, he's a beast. Cams. He That's is a workaholic. I wow. love. Him. He's the only person I know that when I'm still editing at four a.m. after doing two shows that night, that I can text him and be like. Hey, I have an idea for this thing. And he'll text me right back. I'm like, I, I'm hoping he's asleep getting some rest, but wow. he's up working just as much as I am. That's insane. Yeah. It's, it's been nuts. So, I mean, crowd work, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't. Now, do you have to get, you have to get the release of the person you're. No, it's, uh, it's, no. it's, 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 pub, it's, it's, it's public, public access. Yeah. yeah. That's the notice you, you may be photographed or whatever. Yeah. Those is. are on every, every venue's right. doors. That's and right. it's, it's something about social media that, that so, so, social media is fair game. I mean, how many videos do you see online of somebody being a Karen and pulling out a phone in somebody's face and posting on social media? Right. You don't have to. Right. Um, now, if this person, we, we have had some moments where the person will say something that, you know, might get them in trouble in their professional life or whatever, and we haven't posted it or we've blurred their face or changed their voice or something like that. So there's, there's still ways around and people are, are pretty cool about it. I don't think we've ever had anybody to get angry at what they've said, but it's also like you're saying it in front of a thousand people live. So it's not that big of a deal. Now, the girls must go berserk. I can only imagine how berserk, berserkers. Do they throw, do you ever get stuff thrown on stage? All the time. All the time. I've had, I've had brawls thrown on stage. I've had a lot of gifts, um, weed. I've had mm -hmm. so much thrown on stage. Uh, it's, it's pretty rambunctious and not okay, if I'm being honest. Yeah, right. Oh, it's it's so ridiculous, man. They're, women are the best fan base you could possibly have because That's if amazing. they love you, they support you to the end. It's That's like amazing. it's like having the best girlfriend ever, the best wife ever. That's but best. at the same time, they're also so passionate that sometimes they're a little too rowdy. But I also have to be super empathetic because I know I'm a lot of people's first experience or introduction to stand-up comedy because of the younger generation that I am a part of. So- a lot of them don't know how shows work. They don't know how that type of fandom is supposed to be navigated. Like, it's not like a musician, you know? It's not like it's not like Harry Styles. As much as they might love me, as much as they love him, treat us a little bit different. I'm, I'm so normal. I'm such a normal person. You don't need to freak out all the time. So let me ask you, so when you look out into the audience mm -hmm. of, a, of a typical show, mm -hmm. what's the audience look like? Like, what's the demographically? Demo? Yeah, yeah. Um, Age range, like, what's the vibe? Age range, this is what's crazy. Age range is kind of everybody. Like I'll get anyone from, wow. I mean, every venue is at least 18, mostly 21 and up. So let's say, let's say my age range is, it's from 18 to 70. Amazing. Which is super flattering. And the one thing I'm very proud of is that I've always, I've always prided myself on my material and my comedy being universal. Like I don't want it to be just for white people. I don't want to be just for black people. I don't want it to be just for old people or young people or Hispanic people. I want it to be for everybody. So that's the best part about that. It's definitely more women, I would say, but it's gotten so much better. When TikTok first blew up, it was like 90, 10 women to guys. Amazing. Which, as amazing as that is that they're buying tickets, it's not always the best thing to have as a crowd full of just women for a, uh, for a guy doing comedy who's, my jokes are four guys, which is what I tell dudes all the time because dudes don't like me more often than women. And you'll, you'll outgrow it. 
Will it, I? Take it from me. Oh, I believe I it. I can walk you through the phases. Please do. Please brother, do. Brother, it's I've exhausting. Been, that's, 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 why I'm, that's why I'm digging into this because I'm... I, 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 I feel your pain. I know exactly so, where you are at. My comedy is so for guys. So it has gotten so much more. It's, it's evening out. Now I'd say it's probably 60-40 women to guys, which is I'm so much more appreciative because women, as, as, as much as they do support me, sometimes I'm like, well, is it my face you like? Is it it's is, that jaw, baby? Is it the jawline? Is it it's the all eyes? About what, the jaw? Can I believe it's my craft? And, and it's about yeah. And it's about let's let's face it. Get some jack. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? Look, who knows what it is? Who's to say? You do a lot of like, like yeah. You got to do a lot of that. I don't play into it at all. As easy as it would be for me to, for me to be a multimillionaire just doing the most shallow, douchey stuff on stage, <laughs> That's right. I refuse to do. I get yelled at to take my shirt off every single show I do. And now I have retorts for it ready to go and there's banter back well, and you'll forth. Get to like. Take it from the 59 about to be said. You're, you're playing it exactly right. Okay. How dare you ask me to take my shirt off? I'd say around 45 you're taking that shirt off every fucking chance. You really? Get. Is that my last good year? No, but that's the beginning. <laughs> oh, no. That's the beginning of, you're like, this ain't gonna be like this forever. Oh, that's depressing. No, I spent 20 years of my career. How dare they? How dare objectification. they objectify me in this way? And I'm like, literally on a TV show now, like, oh, yeah, should I have my shirt off in this? Yeah, great, whatever. <laughs> if anybody like, needs it, yeah, I've been working needs, on yeah, it. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Let me, no, you, see it, of, you see it with women too. You see it more than ever with, with you see like the ingenues, they don't want to do it. And then, and then like, it's, you'd be like the Sharon Stones. And then all of a sudden they're like, Posting the bikinis, like oh you, yeah, shows the shows off the sizzle as she approaches fifty. Is like, well, where was that when you were thirty? Yeah, the right? same appreciation. Yeah, no, come on, maybe it's, it's weird being on the other side of the objectification though, because women, women, especially young, younger, attractive women in this industry, have to go through that kind of objectification all the time, or, all the or, time. or creepy dudes, or people, yeah, people just want them for their bodies. That kind of obsession has been slowly translating to my career and it's it's super weird. I had a woman bite me at a meet and greet the other night. Like sure. she she went up and like grabbed my chest, which I'm like, I okay, that's funny. It's weird, but it's funny. Went in for a hug, like I hug everybody at a meet and greet and then like just bit me. Yeah. Like nearly drew blood. It's still bruised. It doesn't it's so weird. I um it's so inappropriate. Like if somebody bit Taylor Swift's titty, people wouldn't stop talking about it for three months. That's right. It's all people would talk about. That's right. But because we're guys, nobody really cares. I wrote a book, uh, uh, one of my memoirs, mm -hmm. the two of them. Please read the first one because there's so much in it about objectification. This isn't your first the, the biography, right? It's my, fir my first memoir, yes. And it's, I did read it. You talked about um, growing yeah. up with the Charlie Sheen and everything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And maybe, then maybe it was in the second one, but I, it might've been in the second one where I talk about like coming to terms with objectification okay. as... An ingenue. Mm -hmm. We're ingenues. Yeah. We've got the jaw. Like what There's kind no of- denying it. Were there specific jobs There's that you no wanted? There's no hiding it. Were there specific uh, roles that you wanted that you couldn't play because you were so good looking? Uh, you can't be a policeman. <sighs> but police officers are hot in uh, people's uh, fantasies. Come on. It's like, uh, it, and it, was, it went on and on and on and on and on. And, really? But you're just like, it is what it is. It's like, okay, it's like- but people don't let you complain because they go, well, I can't play the hot guy roles. Yeah. You can, and, you, and you can't complain, at the, it, you know, so, but it, it doesn't make it any less true. Mm. It, it all happened. Everyone's experience is subjective. Yeah. And then there's, the, what I found was there's that, there was the, always that thing in my 
teen idol phase. Mm-hmm. First of all, you know, you know the theory, not a theory, it's the truth. That like every, whatever it is, it's probably quicker now, but every 10 years, five years, it's quicker with social media now, there's going to be a new it guy. Mm-hmm. And starting with, you know, Elvis, and you can do the lineage. Yeah. Right? You just you tick the box. Yeah. And it's the same for movie stars, you know, and it's going to be someone. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, there's part of me that's like, it has nothing to do with anything other than it's a warm body standing in the middle of the road of that adolescent passion. Yeah. And anyone will do, frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really, the right timing at really, the right place. 100%. And, and like, so how much of it, of the uh, adulation has anything to do with what I personally have to offer? And my, actually, I think it's very little. I hate to say it, but I really believe it. And, but, but, it's not just all negative and depressing. Um, it's like you said at the show, you win them over. Mm. Yeah. Right? You win them over. But well, that's where longevity in that position comes, I think. That's because right. there's a, there's an initial spark with a lot of people that teens might find attractive or they're like their voice or whatever it may, whatever that initial passion comes from. Yeah. But in order to have longevity in that, you have to have something to offer them. That's right. Because the and, initial attraction and fades. they have to be able to tra- they have to be able to see to, to see beyond the ah yeah. of it all. Absolutely. Because the ah of it all has nothing to do with you, me, or any anybody who's been there. It's, no, it's hormones. A, it's a phenomenon. Yeah. And what's fun for me to watch is the reverse angle is like, my brother has three girls. Um, one's 14, I think 12, and then like seven. Mm-hmm. And they, all they could think about is getting to this Taylor Swift show. <laughs> and it is, she's playing six nights at SoFi. Jesus. Six. And the worst ticket in the house is $2,000. I don't want to hear that my tickets are too expensive anymore. Okay. Wherever my camera is, right. I don't want to hear it anymore. Okay. Right. $2,000 for it's the top going, of a stadium the top seat. of the stadium, six nights, and you can't get them. He can't find anybody to sell him a face value ticket for his, do- for his daughters. Oh, my God. But, they, but it's like, and they're like, it's, she's, it's like the Beatles. Yeah. It's it's insanity. We were when I was in Seattle, I was playing Tacoma, just thirty minutes south. When yep. she was playing Seattle, mm-hmm. the same day I threw out the Mariners pitch, yep. and it was the fan bases couldn't have been more mixed. I had half of people being like, "We're coming to your show tonight," and everybody being like, "We couldn't get tickets to your show tonight, so we saw Taylor Swift instead." Oh, Those man. two fan bases colliding was just the funniest thing to watch people interact with. It's insane, and we both broke Ticketmaster, which is kind of cool. That I love. That's so sick. I wonder if she knows who I am. Oh, she knows. If, if somebody knows if Taylor Swift has ever seen a TikTok, please let me know. I'm curious. She, she's, she's a machine. I, I want to ask, because of, because of the position you were in with, with being a teen idol and, and the massive success you had at a younger age, were you, were you friends at all with the Corys? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Corey Hames' mm. first real movie was a great movie called Lucas. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. Really? What's it about? It's about a young nerd dweeb kid who's in love with the pretty girl in the high school Uh who will never give him the time of day. Uh And he tries out for the football team to impress her. And and it's very, very, it it sounds like an 80s teen movie, but it's so much more than that. It's a fantastic movie. Fantastic. And he's fantastic in it. And it's Charlie Sheen's first appearance in a movie. 
Wow. And Winona Ryder. Wow. Um, so I knew him when he shot that mm-hmm. in Chicago. So everybody was shooting in Chicago in those days. And then he became famous. And then and then the other Corey showed up. Uh-huh. And, but but I always, when I think of Corey Haim, I always think of what a fantastic actor he was in those early movies. And then, of course, um, the the vampire movie, right? Lost Boys. Oh, which, so which, Where Jason good. Patrick just dressed up as me. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. One thousand percent. Did you ever get credit? Well, Stylist didn't well, give congratulations they, or anything? Here's what's interesting. So it's the same director who directed St. Elmo's Fire. Mm-hmm. So he clearly had like a thing for me. Yeah. Well, and so he dresses Jason Patrick up in my, fully bites my look. Yep. And then there's this weird moment in the movie, do you know this, where Corey Haim it goes back to his bedroom and he opens his closet door and it's a full poster of me. No way. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I didn't notice that. So it's like, it's really like, it's like, oh, look, there it is. Oh, look, they've just brought it up. That is so funny. Also, whatever my next photo shoot is, this I'm I'm doing this exact pose and exact just outfit. Ri- I would love it so much if you ripped that off. If if my publicist is listening right now, get the stylist on the phone. I want a Rob Lowe full wardrobe check for the next shoot of whatever we're doing. By the way, that exact because it's the 80s, that exact look is back pleated. Oh, absolutely. That, that look looks exactly like you would do it today. It doesn't even look like belly an button 80s not thing. included. Belly button not included. Shaved <laughs> chest not included. I'm going to go back and watch that tonight. That is so funny. Like, and one of my favorite movies. What is that? And I, I feel like Corey Haim's character wouldn't really have a, a a poster of me. Maybe Madonna or something in those days. Well, let's not shame guys for having other guys' photos That's in their room. I may have two Patrick Swayze photos in my bedroom. One, yeah. I have a Dirty Dancing one above my bed. Yeah, and then I have Ghost. One? I don't have the Young Blood one. I've got Ghost and Dirty Dancing. Ghost is one of the great movies ever made. I want to remake it so bad. It's great. If some, because here's the thing, somebody's going to with everybody remaking everything. Yeah. I want to do it. Putting that out there right now if anybody's listening. It's great. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, We send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and, more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this, and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in, and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance TVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Are you doing any acting? Yeah, yeah, actually. Oh, yeah, of course you are. I'm looking at uh, your thing Despite right the here. strike. Yeah, worst possible timing. Um, yeah, I, I, that's why I actually moved to LA instead of New York when I was younger because I, I want, because if, you if you're going to go to New York as a stand-up, that's where you go for stand-up. But acting, obviously, you come to LA. And over the past 10 years, it's been, I've, I've done a bunch of indie stuff. I've done some Disney stuff, some MTV stuff, but nothing really that prominent. And it's it's kind of because of what we just talked about. The feedback I have gotten for years has been, well, He's a comedian, um, but he looks leading man, right? He looks right. leading man, but his entire background is comedy. And he's fun. He doesn't look funny. So he can't play, he can't play the funny best friend because he looks leading man. Right. And he can't play leading man because all of his background and resume is comedy. So we don't know if he can carry a, uh, a show or a film this in that position. This is the greatest. This is the, but, this is what, this is the great, this is the greatest. I love hearing this. But because I love acting just as much, if not more than stand up, it's something I've always continued to do. I've taken every opportunity I can to go on set for even if it's the worst indie project. I'm like, it's paid practice. I've learned more on set and in repetition actually doing things than I have in any acting class. And of course, now that uh, my meter has risen over the past nine months. Of course, now I'm having a meeting with every studio and everyone's a fan and everyone wants to do something. And yeah. then SAG and writers writers go on strike and now I'm back to just being a comedian for I a know. I, they must have been like, oh, you could be a Marvel this or whatever the hell Dude, it is. whatever they want to do, I'm down. But I want to do a project that makes me happy. That's my biggest concern. Because I've done TV shows that I've been not yeah, You've done that. Doing. You've done that stuff. You've done, yeah, you're, you're, you're beyond that now. Now it's yeah. like, like you I'm could, not in it for money. I want to do it because I, I right. enjoy doing it. I want to make something that, you know, when I'm 59, I can have a 27-year-old sit across from me and go, thank you for doing that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Something Hello, I can man. be proud of. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you, you got to go. It's the Midwestern 
It's the Midwestern mindset, Midwestern values. It's the I can't go back to Ohio mindset. Please, for the love of God, don't make me go now, back. Now, when you go back, though, is it like the Beatles returning? Are people like breaking into your parents' house, hoping you're there? Because I, <laughs> I used to have that a lot. No way. Yeah, they would they would break into my grandparents. My grandparents lived in Sydney, Ohio. Oh, wow. Like one of the smallest. Yeah, right? I've heard of Sydney. Yeah, and they would routinely people... Girls. Not that, not that bad. My mom, my, all distant family members get harassed on social media, but nobody's come to my mom's house. However, I am buying my mom a house in September in uh, in one of the southern states. Yep. And uh, she she has been like, "Do I need to get a gate?" And I'm like, "I don't think so, but uh, maybe just in case." I, I'm I've had anything that crazy. I'm surprised that they there have there aren't like nightly drive bys and ding dongs of "Are you there?" Yeah, I did just have to change my number for the first time in. 14 years. So, so you've made it. Sucked. You've made it. You changed your number. I've had the new number for a month. Still don't know what it is. Nobody I have no idea what my new number anymore. Though. If I go to jail, it's over. I'm just in there. I have Until someone figures out I'm in jail. I have a reoccurring nightmare. A new version. It used to be that my teeth fell out. Oh, you had that one? Oh, yeah. Dude, Rob, that's my number one nightmare. I have it weekly for the past 27 years. Me too. Are you serious? Yes. Mine gets... How does yours go? Oh, dude, they've gotten more and more intricate. Yeah, I've had because So you have them where like they'll crumble in your mouth, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. You're like swishing them around in your mouth? Yeah, 100%. So they, they started out like that for years and years and years. And then you wake up and the first thing you do is go, okay, thank God they're still there. Right. I've gotten to the point now where in my dream, I'll go, this is a dream for sure. Wake up. And I'll wake up and I'll go, mm, I'm still dream. I'll wake up within my dream yep. and they're still missing. And I immediately wake up and go, I have to call my dentist immediately. And then I'll wake up just in a panic. So do you have the thing, like it's that, like it's you're at a meal and, and you feel them getting loose in your in your oh, mouth yeah. and you're and you're like trying to put it in with your your tongue and then it kind of dissolves I haven't had dissolve but I've well, had crumble. push out I've had push out like you like push on the back of your teeth forward and then like going yes yeah we yeah. and then and it falls out and then you're like trying to put it back oh, oh. what is it what I've asked people about it and they say it's stress it's fear of fear of losing your power I've heard I've heard stress about money before Interesting. Which, interestingly enough, I haven't had in the past like year, really. Thank goodness. I haven't had that dream in a while. So maybe it is correlated. We'll see. The stress of money. That's an interesting. I've heard that one, but I don't know if I buy it. I also have veneers. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, a real possibility, I guess, of one falling out. Of, which I have. I've broken a tooth in my sleep before, which I think then and of itself, now I'm even more worried about it because I go, oh, it's a real possibility. I well, grind my teeth in my sleep. So my, my, new, my new version of this dream is... Something has happened and I need to call somebody. Really? And I can't call anybody because I don't know anybody's numbers. Oh. I don't know anybody's numbers. That's I can, how you correlate that? Can, that is so funny. I can press a button on a phone, right? But if there's if I don't have a phone and I'm in the middle of knowing, and, and it's always you have one phone call. Oh, yeah. And you could, I, I don't know any numbers. Do you know any numbers? Not one. Not my grandpa's was the only number I knew when he passed away. I know it. Four nine two nine eight four five, Sydney, Ohio. Still know it. Are you serious? Air code five one three. Whose number is that? My grandpa. Oh. Seven four zero eight one five three eight seven nine. Separated at birth. I'm telling you. Attack wow. of the jawlines. Wow. Right. Can you please play my dad in something? Can we yeah, we please set let, something up. Let's figure it out. Let's 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 quit SAG while they're on strike. We'll come back into the let's union when they're ready. Scabs. Scabs. Let's do it. Let's just let's just do it, baby. I, my son 
is in the WGA. Mm-hmm. And I went to the picket line um, first day of the, it was, it was, it was so, it was great. It was su- super fun. And like seeing my son carrying a picket sign was really like otherworldly. Like, oh, it's amazing. I mean, people, I mean, people got to do the right thing. Yeah, for sure. They got to pay the actors. They got to pay the writers, man. Yeah. We don't want AI. God, no. We worked so hard to look like this for real. <laughs> We're going to let a computer just be made like that. So rude. Can you imagine? That, listen, you know how people have, are fans of anime? Mm. We're, there's definitely going to be look we're never going to get replaced no. but what will happen is there will be an anime not a version of you mm-hmm. but an anime comedian or, or AI comedian that people will love as much as they love you or more oh, that for sure we're going to see I hope there, not one billion percent we're going to see but audience members have to know that's a that's not a real thing that's not a real person's they thoughts. know anime is not real I'm not an anime fan no, I'm not, not either but plenty of people yeah yeah yeah, but at least it's people, but it's actors voiceover. People are actually writing for that. If it's an anime, if it's an AI anime show, well, like it's not even real writers. It's not real voices. It's not real, not, not even real actors voicing the characters. I, I have to imagine that that causes some depreciation in a fandom. It'll be, I think, and I, I, I've talked to a lot of people in this area who are on the cutting edge of it. They're like, what it'll be is there will be a premium for handmade content. Hmm. Like there will, be, there will be, there will be people that that's all they're about, but writ large mass, 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 mass hmm. is it, it, it's going to, it's going to be. You really think so? I, I think the genie is out of the bottle. I think we're, I think we're at the beginning of what is going to make the industrial revolution look like a non-event. Really? Yeah, I really do. I hope you aren't around to see that. Oh, they say five things. These guys who, who, some of the guys who, I mean, are doing it are like, in five years, less than five years, but certainly within five years, we'll be able to write a script that in a blind reading, no one will be able to tell the difference between it and the best writing in the world. So it's like what's going to happen with school projects with kids? That's already a, that's that's already already a thing a for thing. college students. They're already doing so it. So then what's the point of even assigning that that task if kids are just going to go do that anyways? And you have no way of telling. All that kid has to do is memorize what that AI wrote down. They can claim it as theirs. Well, and, and my thing is, let's not fight what we can't fight. Let's figure out a way to make it work for us and not against us. Because you know, you know what thinking. the Luddites are, right? You know, the, like, I, I used to, the phrase when people hand me a phone, enter your, enter your context, well, I'm a Luddite, I would always say. What does that mean? I used to think that that meant, I don't know how to work technology. <laughs> what, it, what it means, is the Luddites were a group of people that when the Industrial Revolution happened and Eli Whitney created the cotton gin, mm-hmm. they were like, no machines. No machines in this world. But it was world. inevitable. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They're like, no machines. No way, you're not, a machine is not going to pick this field. Yeah. The field is not going to make Little DC to know. make this cotton. It's not, we are against it. And when they obviously, they're lost to the tides of history. Yeah. So we just don't want to be the Luddites of AI. Yeah, that's the shame. It, it is inevitable, isn't it? Oh, it's 100%. God, I mean, because if you, if you think about live performance or, or yeah, that will be the handwriting key. something, it is barbaric. But here's the thing, you're in the right business because live performance mm. is only going to get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. It's going to be the only thing left. Because yeah. an AI can't replace somebody standing in front of you working at the at the at, at the mic off of their brain in that exact moment. That's right. They're not going to be AI can't be present. That's, That's I right. think it's the one thing we do hold over it. That's right. How do you feel about de aging? 
For it um, or against it? If they want to DA, I'll, I'll tell you how DA went better. Okay. And here's what I also think will happen. One of my favorite movies is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm. And apparently Elvis Presley was in discussions to play uh, Sundance Kid. Really? Yeah. And I want to be able to watch Elvis Presley as the Sundance Kid. Oh, you want to see it in a replacement? So I'm down for that. Like I want to see, I want to recast Saving Private Ryan. What do you want in there? I, or like, you know, name your movie. Uh-huh. I want to uh, see Tracy Morgan as Tom Hanks. That's right. I'm down for that. That's the kind of shit that I'm looking forward to with AI. Interesting. Oh, that would be so fun. I would put myself in all my favorite films. Of course. I, I would, of course you have, would. Oh, but you don't have the experience of it. I want to be in um, Heaven Can Wait. Oh. How about Go? You put yourself in Ghost. Oh, that will be so You'll be good. in Ghost. That's going to happen. Did, but your fans will be able to do it. Your fans will be able to say, that's I want to cool. see him in The Breakfast Club. Now that's going to become a whole different thing where it's like, is that is that now going to be a theatrical release of see your favorite actor in your favorite film? No, that they weren't they'll, originally be, they'll, in. Be do, they'll be doing that off like in their phones and at home. That's so cool, scary, and crazy at the same time. It's insane. So it's in terms of de-aging, de-age me, make me, I don't care what you do with my, my, my likeness as long as we're compensated. Just make me look like Rob Lowe. That's all Just I ask. As long as I still look That's like me. all I ask. <laughs> did you guys really train hop for um, the Outsiders? We, we did. We Would you please tell me about that? We, That's we, the coolest story I've ever heard of, a, of, a, of a, a cast bonding. Not only did we train hop because they get, you know, like hoboing, they used to call it or whatever. Mm. Um, can you imagine the insurance company today? <laughs> like you get your arm severed, a limb. Trying to hop. And it's, did, did you hop on while it was moving and everything? Yes. Who, who had the most trouble hopping on? Matt Dillon. Really? <laughs> I love Matt Dillon, but he's the least physically He adept. was supposed to be like the brute in that though. Oh yeah, he's the cool. The, huh? cool, the cool, not brute. Swayze was the brute. Okay. Because Swayze, listen, Swayze, but Swayze, for my money, looked too elegant doing everything. Mm, understandable. Um, and that's too and, smooth. And, and too smooth. And Cruz was the he's he is the animal. That's a career I would love to emulate. I do want to do my own stunts. Oh, it's by the way, no reason at all to do them. I know. None. Zero. I know. But the fact that people talk about it like, like he almost at this point in his career, if he, God forbid, does die doing something like that, that only adds to the legend of, of it. All. Yeah. I mean, he's created such a legend around himself and he's a phenomenal actor. I have the utmost respect for him oh, in yeah, every yeah. field of acting. It's so cool what he's done. He's an amazing actor and and the stunts. But I like the stunts where it's clearly him. Like the the, the one that's where he jumps off the motorcycle and pulls the parachute. Yeah. It's on his back. It could be yeah. anybody. Totally could. But the ones where he's hanging off the plane. Yeah, face first into face, the camera. Like, come on. I didn't realize until I watched the documentary that Swayze's fight scene in Roadhouse, like they were for real fighting. Like they were really hitting each other. I believe it. He would want that, but Buddy would want that. He'd be That's up all crazy. night and come to the set, roll in with some crazy, I think we should all just hit each other. I used to do a good Swayze. I can't do a good one anymore. Oh. Um, yeah, that that would be super sick. Has, so, has there been a stunt that you committed to doing that you were like, I should have had somebody else do this? Um, I've been scared doing a stunt where I was like, I'm, this was stupid, involving a train, mm -hmm. jumping between two moving train cars. Like you're on top of it? I'm, oh, you do going from cart to cart. From cart to cart, but with a big, yeah. I mean, you're on it. And that's the thing, you're still on a on a harness. Yeah. That they, that they well, digitally removed. But you're yeah, chewed you're like, up under a train. Yeah, or you hope the, the, hope the harness works. What, what was this for? 
it was a movie I did literally to do the stunt called <laughs> literally. When I tell you the title, I make so much fun of this title, Atomic Train. It was a, tr- it was a straight to DVD. It was, it was a, <laughs> when NBC used to make event movies. Wow. It was a train with a nuclear weapon on it that had lost its brakes. And did you stop it? I sure the fuck did. Oh, Save the day. No, ironically, I had to jump off the train before it detonated and destroyed the city of Denver. And then, of course, there was a nuclear fallout that we had to deal with. Of course, the fallout, of yes. course. How far was this jump? The Six d- feet, 10 feet? Between the train cars? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was six or seven feet. Yeah. It's not. Just enough it's to be believable. From me to the wall. I mean, look. With carpet, it's not scary. But moving yeah, the train tracks on it, yeah. That's um, tough. But I literally- but made it. I met with the NBC people like about what they were had in their development hopper. I'll never forget it. And, and they're like, well, we are doing this thing. I don't know if you'd ever be interested. I mean, we're doing a thing called Atomic Train. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> what? You on the name? Oh, Atomic Train? A train. It's atomic. And I'm going to be involved in it. Was there a countdown detonator? Yes, of course. And it, and it stunts in it thirty like, seconds. The thirty second countdown took twenty five minutes. Yeah, yes. Of I course. mean, come on. Sometimes you just got to go. Oh man, <laughs> it was like Speed, the movie Speed, but on a train. Great movie. Great movie. Great different movie. location. That was the one where Keanu first started using his acting voice. I think. Very low. Very, yeah, very that low was the first time voice. that. He had learned to speak from his diaphragm. Are you all caught up on the John Wicks? Oh, yeah. They're so good. So good. And again, does his own stunts. Yeah. Insane. Something I would love to do. You've seen, have you seen like the behind the scenes footage of him like training for like the gun courses I've been and there. everything? Are you serious? Yeah. It's a Terran tactical. Yeah. It's the shit. Oh, I've been dying to go. It just looks go. like so much they're the fun. best. Really? Can you just go? I thought it was like a yes. private no, thing. No, 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 no. You just call, call Ter- Terran tactical. They're the best. Call okay. them. They'd love to have you. Be Rogan, awesome. Joe Rogan took me. He just hit me up to come on his podcast. He's the best, well, Huge obviously. fan. Huge yeah, fan of his work. Joe's the best. The best he, podcast. Second best podcast. So Joe, thank you. Joe and I, I did his podcast. We were like, how have we not been friends forever? And the next day he moved to fucking Texas. Of course. But not before we went to Terran Tactical. He's the one you went with? Yeah. And I'm sure he's just bullseye every time. Yeah. I have a, I, I, it's, the be- it's the greatest. Did he take you to jujitsu? No, we have not done that. Have you ever done it? With my son. My son's majorly into it. Really? Yeah. I try to get into it, but I'm big into boxing. Here's the, love I don't boxing. Like, I don't like grappling. I try like it. it. I it's tried the, it in the beginning of COVID. Get away from my face. Little C, if you hit me in the face, it's over. I'm, if you, <laughs> if you <laughs> my say, career is over. If you say, I'm going to try to hit you in your face, I go, great, take my wallet. <laughs> right. That's where we differ, dude. I'm so confrontational. It's kind of an issue. It's so bad, especially with like internet trolls and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to get John Lennon for sure. Like it's, it's pretty bad. Well, it, it, it's, you've got all that young testosterone workout gym oh, shit going I through know. your body. But it's just, I miss the days where if somebody wanted to talk shit. They had to do it to your face. Oh, I know. Nobody See, that's, does the, that that's the problem with, with, I don't look at any of the comments. You're, you have you're strong. You have to. And it's an it's, age you that, have to be way, it's, a, it's a generational thing. It's not just yeah. you. It's my kids. It's it's a generate it's hardwired into you. It just it's how you communicate. Yeah. It just is. And for like running a fan base, like you gotta be interactive. Yes. Interactions are like the number one analytic for a social media um breakdown. Like people don't care ultimately how many followers you have. It's like how's your engagement? 
That's sometimes right. you got to respond back to people. You got to like comments. You got to comment back. But in doing that, you do see the negative ones. And it's hard not to be like, fuck you, dude. Pull up to any show. Pull up. It's so hard not to. Yeah, it's in the old days, we just got fan letters. <laughs> I get some fan mail. I, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of wedding invitations and graduation invitations or prom invites is funny. I'm sure in your act you have a centerpiece, your go-to greatest hits, killer moment. My in your in your act and my one man show, mm. it's it's that I remember because I'm walking through my career mm. when when I got my first fan letter and how much it meant to me. And it was a sense that I would um maybe have this thing would work out and that I still have it. I carry it with me. No way. And I, and I pull it out. It's got like unicorns on, you know, like in the little stickers. Like in the old days, the girls would put little stickers on Perfume it. Perfume on it. Yeah, and all that. It was so, and it's like falling apart and I read it and it's literally like, I love you. You're, you're, I love you watching on your show. You know, where I live, we all gather around together and, and watch you. And I, I sent you a picture of me and I would love if you'd send me a picture of yourself, preferably in a, coming out of a swimming pool or in your underwear. Did you? And signed William Jackson, prisoner number eight. Shut says, up. Pelican Bay. Shut and then, up. And then I put the picture up. <laughs> it's, it looks like, look, like a total like caricature of a child molester. Did you send one back? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the centerpiece of my, of my, it kills. It Shut murders. up. That is so funny. Wow. I really must not be famous yet. Nobody, not one prisoner has written me. At least that has gotten to me. It's a big part of my demo. Damn. Trust me, it's a big part of yours. Am I not handsome? Trust me. (laughs) You know what it is? They're not, they're they're not down on Twitter. I mean, on, on. On TikTok? No, prison talk is a thing. Prison talk. Prison talk. It's its own subcategory. They're making ramen noodles and toilets. It's, it's, they're geniuses in there. Do you find your algorithm. Okay. So check it out. So, so I'm going to Ireland this week. I haven't talked Have to you not been to Ireland. Never been. Beautiful. You're going to love it's it. It's great. Amazing. So pretty. Where are you going over there? Dublin. Yeah. Is that all you're seeing while you're over there? It's, I'm, I'm doing a project. So I just in and out. I may get to okay. reduce some traveling. Uh, do you drink? No, sober, sober right? Sober, okay. yeah. Thought, no, I thought so. Um, that's going to be tough because every, everyone, it's like an insult that you're not drinking I after know. 2 p.m. over there. But it's beautiful. You're going to love it. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. But, but so, and I haven't talked about it much at all. My TikTok now literally is places to go in Dublin. What do you like in Ireland? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've been on TikTok now for a year. Mm-hmm. I've never heard one thing about Ireland before. Really? Never. I mean, dude, who knows what's going on but with you the phones? you must have that. I'm not crazy, right? Do you ever have that? Oh, of course. Have you seen The Social Experiment? Yes. On Netflix? Yeah. Very creepy, right. but uh, genius documentary. I mean, that stuff's so true, dude. They're for sure listening. They're listening to keywords. You type it. Have you Googled anything in Ireland? Things to do, maybe? Have you booked a flight on your I've, phone? I've, I've emailed about people about Ireland. So they're, they're- I think it's all it takes. I think it's all it takes. I think it's all synchronized in, in, in and amongst itself. It's so creepy all the time. It'll be whatever you've talked about that week and then somehow still girls twerking. Just an abundance <laughs> of girls twerking on TikTok for no reason. You what can't a, escape it. What a, what, a, what a world we live in. I know. It's too good. Well, I'm going to come see you. When are you playing LA? Uh, the Dolby Theater. Um, right. Which is, that's what they do, the big, Oscars, big, right? Big theater, bro. I'm so excited. I've never been. Uh, that's in November. I think it's Thanksgiving weekend. 
I believe. Wow. Yeah, that's that's going to be a really Have fun one. Have you been one. inside of it yet? Never been. It's so beautiful. I think we're doing the Hollywood Bowl next year as well. I've never been to that either. Dude, Bugs Bunny played the Hollywood Bowl. Well, he's an icon, okay? I mean, come on. Who uh, who have you seen there play? Oh my gosh. I've seen um, Al Green. Wow. I've seen Chicago. I've seen Lyle Lovett. Wow. I've seen um, uh, Elton John. Oh man, that would have been so cool. I've seen Liza Minnelli. What? Um, legends, all legends. That's a pretty diverse group. Right? The, the the funniest story about uh, Elton John was I used to be, I used to be really good friends with a guy who was really good friends with him, and uh, we just kind of had a falling out or whatever. But years ago we were we were really good friends, and my roommate who slash best friend who's now also my tour manager used to work at the Abbey. Straight guy, super good looking, would clean up as clean. you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Elton John's husband David was having a birthday party. And all day, my friend who was friends with Elton was talking about how he was had Elton's birthday or his husband's birthday party that night. It was that's what he was doing. And I was like, "That's so awesome, man! Congratulations! That's gonna be such a good time." And then my roommate comes home, comes home and goes, "Hey, the Abbey is catering Elton's uh, husband's birthday dinner at a party at their house. So I get to go meet Elton John. Ha 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 ha! He's rubbing it in my face. We're both huge Elton John fans." Maybe an hour before my roommate has to go clock in to go up to the house and everything, my friend who's friends with Elton calls me and goes, "Hey." My friend who was supposed to go with me just had to cancel. Do you want to come with me? Oh, so yes. cut to me at Elton John's house at the dinner table, sitting directly across from Elton, next to his husband, next to my friend, next to a bunch of other famous people. And my roommate has to serve me. <laughs> had to come by and ask me, sir, do you want more water? Amazing. Loved it. Loved it. Elton has always been so cool. He's the best. So nice and so talented. He's, he's one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. And I've known him forever. Um, the whole Outsiders crew walked across from the, our hotel one night to watch Elton play. Where? He met in Tulsa when we were shooting. So we, as young, it's me and Tom and Swayze, we're all like barely in the movies. Uh-huh. And we're like, we go, we meet Elton. That's the first time oh, I met him. That's so cool. And he's the most um, humble. He knows everything. He's totally current on that's everything. Amazing. I feel like after a certain age, I, I kind of want to check just out. stop learning shit. Yes, he does. No, lo- I know everything I need to know before I he die. He knows every young artist, every young singer, every young actor, everything that's going on. It's insane. Yeah, we saw him having dinner. We were at Craig's um, maybe two weeks before he and du- Dua Lipa's uh, yep. collaboration came together. And we were like, no offense. I mean, Dua Lipa's huge, but like, how does he know or even care about right. like what younger people are doing? I you know? know. You've done everything you can possibly do He's in that business. Done. Yeah, you have nothing to prove. You don't need to stay relevant. You're relevant forever. Forever. But he still like wants to be involved. It's amazing. Yeah. Natural Huge curiosity. Fan. That's the thing is, you know, curiosity is what keeps everybody young. Anybody who's young is, really has, has, has curiosity. That's a really good quote. Yeah, yeah, you, you want to be constantly just experiencing things. That's the argument I get into with my mom all the time. My mom is such a shut-in. Like, doesn't really have any hobbies or anything. I'm like, you got to go do stuff. That's what it. life is. Life is doing stuff. It, life is just doing stuff. Yeah, for sure. This is great, man. I love this. this is, I'll come see you at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, dude, I would love to have you. Literally, anytime you want to come would be an honor. It's always great to have a fellow Buckeye a fellow Ohioan. Um, what a good dude. Just a really, really good dude. I love finding new people that I can root for. Not that I don't root for everybody. I, I root for everybody. But um, what a great young 
mind. I, lo- I love that. That was, hey, you know what? Anytime, it's, he's like my, one of my kids' age too. That's so you is like, ah, you know what I mean? I sound like an old grandpa. Jesus Christ, this is the worst ever. Um, <laughs> all right, go check out Matt on tour. Don't throw your bra at him. We, I think we've established that. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi, Rob. It's Heidi from Ohio. And I listen to the podcast while in the car and I've been traveling and I went back and listened to a bunch of podcasts that I just happened to miss from past seasons. Like I had jumped ahead or whatever in the app had been giving me more recent podcasts. So I've been listening to old ones and I kept thinking that I noticed you mentioned that you were best friends with Bill Paxton, but you hadn't really told any stories about him and having read both your books. I couldn't really remember much detail in, in there either. So um, two things. One, I really think that we would be best friends. And two, I would just love to know more about your friendship with, with Bill Paxton. So will you tell us more about that? I had such goosebumps when Bill was talking to you through Rebecca in this week's podcast. So please tell us more. Hope you're well. Thanks. And hey, call me. We're best friends. Amazing. Bye. Oh, I love that. Ohioans are always best friends together. Um, yeah, Bill, oh my gosh. He was amazing. He was amazing. I mean, my my favorite Bill Paxton's, I have so many because I love people who are quotable. Quotable in characters. Like if those people come into my life, I covet them. And, it, and if I can imitate them, so much the better. And Bill was all of those things. Um, the last time I saw Bill, we had, hadn't seen each other in a while and he was, <laughs> he was doing his first network television series, right? So this is a guy who's done every big movie. He'd done, you know, Big Love on, on cable, which is a huge success, but he'd never done a network like CBS procedural. And he's starring in Training Day, the famous Denzel Washington movie that's now making a series, but they've reversed the roles. And Bill is playing the Denzel character, the corrupt cop. And he's done a year of the series. They're about to go into year two. I've seen some of it, but not a lot of it. And we haven't talked at all, which is really rare. We go to dinner and I go, buddy, how's it going on the show? He goes, oh God, buddy, I wish the scripts were better. I guess we're, we're kind of making widgets on this one. And I just thought, so true. We're just kind of making widgets. Uh, he just had such a good way about him. Last Bill story, um, I did a show called Brothers and Sisters. And I played a, a, a guy running for president, politician. And the network decided they didn't want to do any more political storylines. Not a good day for my character, considering that's what I did. So overnight, I went from this like, dashing Kennedy-esque American president, you know, figure to a character who baked a lot of pies in the kitchen with Sally Field. And I was sort of commiserating with Bill about it. He goes, you can't let him do that to you, buddy. God, that's America doesn't want to see Rob Lowe with oven mitts. 
That's a one-way ticket to Palookaville. He was the best. Thank, thank you for bringing him up. It was fun to share a story. Um, and I'll see you next week on Literally um, with more fun to come. Again, thanks for being with us. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Research by Alyssa Grawl, editing by Jerron Ferguson. Engineering and mixing by Rich Garcia. Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.